you pick your two Olympic picks, by the way? Um, I'll be all right. Dude, <laughs> come on. A little help? Dude, huh? I got it. Did you share it to the people you wanted to share it to? Yeah. Turn this bad bitch on. I'm gonna share Facebook later, because I don't have like anybody who's on Facebook at 11 a.m. Me either, except for all the pages that Gabe had me follow. Right. Right. By the way, I do like your chair better than my chair. I sat there last week. Oh really? Yeah. Glamour chair. Mm -hmm. Just looks better. Mike needs all the help he can get, so. Why not start this show on like we note, ended the last one? On that one. note, Nick's going to take a week out, or I'm going to take a week <laughs> out. All righty. Gabe, are we good? Yeah, man. All on you. Fantastic. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Glass Half Sports. It is July 29th. Uh, here at NBC Studios, I am one half of your hosting duties, and I guarantee that this show will be every much as or all of the overhype that Aaron Rodgers is getting coming back to the Green Bay Packers, um, and we will talk about that a little bit later in the show. <clears throat> Thank you for tuning in. If you like the sound of my voice and like the sound of Mike's as well, or just want to pick on Gabe during the production process, feel free to like, share, and or subscribe on what platforms, Mike? Let's see if you can get it. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Spotify, YouTube, and... Not Patreon yet. Not yet. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I promise you folks. It's a, just one more follower and maybe I'll do it. Let's see. So um, as I said, right to my right right here is a man who has decided to come back to the show after not being able to look at me for a week and left me flying solo. Mike, how you doing? Welcome back. I'm good. Actually, well, my morning was a little, little hectic. Hmm. ran in here at the last second this morning but 1104 yeah it feels great to be back hopefully you don't say anything stupid as hell this week and make me want to take another week off i don't know maybe i liked the vacancy of the studio there you go go ahead and just keep running your mouth with stupid sports <laughs> takes then what do we got today mike uh it's a huge show today massive dude it was, it was it's literally like sports has been off for three weeks to a month and all of a sudden the floodgates just opened football is back yeah football's almost back no it's back all right. We're 43 days away from football season, folks. <laughs> yeah, it's what is it, like three weeks to the first preseason nah, game or I'm so like excited. That? So excited. Um, we have the Olympics going on. we got to do an Olympic check-in. Oh, we're going to do that. Um, twins update around the trade deadline. They suck. They're awful. Yep. Sell everything. Uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about the Green Bay Packers today. Who? That team to the east of us. Gotcha. Um, Vikings made a new signing. Maybe found their wide receiver number three. Let's hope. And then uh, our glass half topic of the day on the COVID vaccine rules for the NFL. Yeah, that's going to be a good topic to get into. It's going to be great with our difference in uh, in opinion. It, uh, unfortunately, COVID has become a political topic, and uh, we have a differing political opinion. Yeah, that's so, very true. So it's going to be interesting, especially if we have to flip. And Oh, I don't have a coin, so. Well, there you go. So we might as well just take our takes on that then, huh? That works for me. So first off, should we check in with the, the biggest sporting event in the world right now? Yeah, absolutely. As you all know, the 2020 World Games are underway here in 2021 in Tokyo. Yep. Uh, very confused as to why all of the branding for the Olympics, World Games, says 2020 still. I well, I'm know. sure it's just because it took them years and years to get set up. And honestly, the way I look at it is that stuff was probably just sitting there last year. Oh, guaranteed. You know what I mean? So instead of going back and replacing all of the 2020 memorabilia and everything with 2021 why not just do what you did with all the teams that never won the super bowl and ship them to some country well what they should clothes? do what what would be funny is if they just put a little asterisk next to every <clears throat> single Toki, tokyo 2020 logo i would agree but yeah so we have the tokyo 2020 olympic games in 2021 yeah um so me and mike are obviously going to go ahead and break down some of the headlines uh Pretty much based on the U.S. because that's where we live and as far as everything else that's going on. I feel like on. just the coverage that we get here in the U.S. is U.S.-based as yeah, well. Yeah, very much. Right? Like, it's tough to watch, like, to even find, like, Russia Russia versus Latvia in three-on-three -three basketball or something if you wanted to watch it. It's pretty Not much that US. anybody has a better three-on-three -three basketball team than our women's team bringing home the gold. Yep. Let's go. Yep. Dude, so, I watched quite a – I've been watching quite a bit of the Olympics, too. Like there's just been no other sports. On. Well, being home with Tyler during the day too, and then having sessions in the evening has allowed me to kind of clue into what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the U S is off to a, a good start. I a think. good start though, is what I would say. Yeah. A good start. We're in the lead in the medal count. That's good. 
We're towards the top in gold, which is important, and some of our stars have not really performed up to, I would say, par yet. Right. I mean, Katie Ledke, congratulations to her for bringing home the first 1,500-meter gold in the women's division yep. last night. So we got another one right there. She is one of the, the staples for the U.S. right now. We got a runner that obviously isn't even in the Olympics right now. And more importantly, our headliner for gymnastics had to bow out. And I think this is a really interesting topic because we are living in an age now where your mental health is just as important as your physical health. And for Simone Biles, who is the GOAT, of gymnastics right now to be 24 years old to have all of the accolades that she already has um, to decide to bow out of the overall team competition and i think she is probably going to pull out of all of the individual events that are going to follow um just based on some of the things that we yeah, heard from what i've heard is that she's taking a break to try to possibly get back to the individual stuff so we'll see it's kind of up in the air yet yeah and here's the thing here's my takeaway on it i don't care what anybody says this takes guts to prepare for four years Day in and day out, and especially like I'm sorry, football is a dangerous sport. Uh, you know, hockey is a dangerous sport. Basketball, dangerous sport. Gymnastics ruins bodies. Right. So to commit four years of what I would call subpar competition to come and try to display everything that you have done over the last four years in a one week time span, and then to have the stones to just be like, you know what, I'm not in the right place. I can't do it for my country. I can't do it to my teammates, and I can't do it to myself in my reputation and bow out. I, I have all the respect in the world for Simone Biles and how she's handled this so far. How about you? I, I mean, I would definitely have to agree just because she's not just a normal gymnast on that team either, right? So her being the GOAT of the entire sport, all eyes were on her, oh, yeah. especially during the team, like all around. Oh, yeah. um, if she would have participated, the U.S. may have won gold over the Russian Olympic Committee. Um, she has... All of the attention in the world on her mm -hmm. during those couple of days that gymnastics are really going on at the start of the Olympics here. And to do that, yeah, just it really shows that she was in a rough place, Yeah, I think, as well. Um, you know, I'm not sure if you saw her try to compete and she was like clearly off balance. Things were just not going right. She, yeah. she lost her spot in the air, which can be extremely dangerous for oh, her yeah. physical health as well. So. Um, I definitely think that she made the right move. And it's like you said, it's it's showing that mental health, especially in athletes around the country, are really it's really coming to the forefront. Um, with Dak Prescott speaking up last year about it. Well, Brandon Marshall was one Brandon of the Marshall very early on with yep. some of his stuff. And now Simone Biles, who has all of these eyes on her, um, mental health is definitely becoming more prevalent in sports. Yeah, I agree. And it's like I said, I mean, just think about it, man. That is literally that week you spend at the Olympics or qualifying for the Olympics or just competing for a medal or to get on the podium. That's one one hundredth of your time over four years. Right. That is insane. It's it's it it it, it baffles me that that's what it comes down to for a lot of these athletes, the dedication that they have and the dedication that she has had, because I would have to assume that up until this point, she was trying to battle through this. Like I'm somebody who deals with certain levels of social anxiety and I have struggled with just getting a grip on my mental health in the past. And I don't deal with near the same volume of pressure that she deals with. And that's, it's not like a light switch. That stuff builds over time to where you begin to feel more and more uncomfortable. So for her to have even gotten this far to have qualified for the team and to have accomplished the things that she's been able to accomplish just to get to the Olympics before she finally said, Hey, I just like literally cannot do this. You know, it's, it's, it, it's, it baffles me, and I, I have all the respect in the world. I know that if she's 24, so what, she'll be 28 when she the next time the Olympics rolls around, even if she bows out. I have no doubt in my mind that if she has the ability to get a grip on her mental game when she comes back at 28 for the 2025 Olympics or the 2024 Olympics, that she'll be right back at the top of the podium. She is an absolutely dangerous competitor, and I have all the respect in the world for Simone Biles. So. I would say <laughs> I don't have much to add to that, honestly. It's uh... – the one thing about gymnastics, though, is it definitely is a young person's sport. So I'm curious yeah. to see how strong she comes back at the age of 28 in four years. But Very true. Um, one thing that I've taken away from the Olympics as a whole, it's not really a specific, um, but one thing I've taken away is I don't know if it's the lack of fans, but the U.S. seems very beatable this year. Like almost every event that you watch that the U.S. is participating in, it's like U.S. is gold favorite here, and then they'll typically win it or come in silver. Yeah. Um, I've been seeing a lot of different events where the U.S. is just not even placing. 
Yeah, and I don't know. Is that just me or does that seem like the vibe? Like the U.S. is extremely beatable in this Olympics. I think we're more beatable in areas where we've been dominant in the past. Right. That's swimming, what has been Men's weird swimming has not been as good. Our basketball team has not performed. Oh, we're going to get to them in a we're bit. We're going to talk about them because they need to be talked about. But but like men's basketball, women's swimming even, um, there's just it, – And honestly, on the other side of the coin, like yes, Simone Biles was correct, but women's gymnastics for the U.S. usually dominates. Even without – like even, even without, without her, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's been, it's been a weird year. I don't know if it's because – and because we had a guy when I was working at – no free ad space, but Experience Fitness – that was familiar because he had a family member that worked with some of the Olympic training down in Colorado. Sure. And what they do over the four-year period is they prime the body to be at its peak at year four. Right. Think about what happened during COVID for all athletes across the world, right? To get your body to peak, think you're going to be able to perform, right? Because it's only five months removed from when COVID would have started this time last year. And then to shift your timetable one year back right. is going to have a drastic impact on a big everybody system, doesn't it? when you're doing four years worth of prep work. So I think that plays into a little bit. The other part of it is I think there are some areas where people might just be sick of getting their asses kicked by the USA. Um, in, in certain areas, basketball definitely being one of them. You can see other places starting to catch up. Um, the world in general is just becoming a smaller place with, you know, the the farther reachings of social media, some of the things that we've developed and enabled to, or in order to connect with one another, um, you know, via Zoom calls and things, due because of COVID. So I think we're just gonna, it's gonna be a little bit of a turning point, right? It's a, it was a worldwide pandemic. It's gonna affect everybody in both positive and negative ways. And I think we're seeing some of the, the, uh, the consequences or the, uh, the symptoms of that now. So one thing, just because you brought up, you know, the COVID issue that everybody's dealing with with the tokyo 2020 olympics i don't understand why they didn't like bubble them like the nba i don't yeah i don't you know what i mean because um i cannot remember who it was but yesterday someone tested positive for covid again uh as a part of the u.s team well bryson DeShambles tested positive yeah. for covid if that isn't like the synopsis of his golf career right john rom same thing poor guy you know what i mean so like well, there's not a whole lot. I, I honestly figured that they would bubble them more. I did too, but I don't know if it was just a budget thing because I know, and I a total rip from the Pat McAfee show. <laughs> I understand that they were also uh, sleeping on cardboard box beds. But well, you know if what you I mean. Watch the so, videos. If you watch the videos, they don't look too bad. They they're, don't. They're somewhat they look sturdy. Pretty sturdy. Like, dude, two hundred fifty pound dudes are like jumping on them, and they're not buckling. No, I agree. But it's like, come on now. This is the this is the greatest from every country. Can we not get like purple mattress to get a sponsor and put these guys on some comfortable beds so we can break some world records or something. See, that, I understand that, but I also understand you're going to have thousands of mattresses and beds to get rid of after these Olympics. I was talking with my mother-in-law about this. Like all of these arenas that they built for these Olympics are just going to sit vacant. Now we're going to buy one for years at some point. Yeah. So that's where we're going to host one of the, our shows. One of the Tokyo oh, arenas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're going to buy one. I don't care where it was or is. We're going to refurbish it, and we're going to host our daily shows from there at some point. From Tokyo. Hey, guys, how about um, how about they get fucking vaccinated? Right. All, like, I mean, you've worked for four years. This is your entire life. We're going to talk about that towards the end of the show. Okay. I think a lot that, that's of, what blows me away. Yeah, I think a lot of screw what— Screw bubbles. Take the shot or whatever. See, I mean, and unfortunately, and unfortunately, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's—I think this global pandemic has been more political than— than we would like to admit. No, yeah. no, that's totally true. That's totally true. So yeah, no, I think it's the U.S. does look more beatable. I'm not worried. I believe we'll take the overall medal count home and hopefully the gold medal count home as well um, at some point. Uh, let's see here. We got. So we're leading the all medal Woo! count, but China and Japan are both. And that's the thing is like almost all of the events that I've been watching that like kind of make me think, hey, the U.S. should be the favorite here. Japan or China, it seems, is the one bringing home the gold, and then the U.S. is in silver. Well, I mean, if you look at it, we're tied for first in bronze. We're smoke-checking everybody in silver medals, and we're behind by one in gold. Right. Okay, well, cool. Let's let lots Katie Lid. Let's, yeah, lots of time left. Let's let Katie Ledkey run a couple more races, and we'll go ahead and take first place, and we can put that mess to bed. So that's kind of how I feel about that one. So what is your second take? I know you want to talk about men's basketball, and then I'll touch on my, yeah, my second take from the, the Olympics. What the fuck here. happened against France? We're awful. Bad. I told you. Dude, 
the United States men's basketball team was picked super poorly. Um, I wonder who picked that team, Mike. Who did pick the team? Pop. Did he? Was it a hand-picked from Pop? I, w- I would assume that the Olympic Committee had recommendations, but since it's his team, him and Steve Kerr were going to be the ones that... See, and that's surprising that if, if it does fall on <laughs> Pop's shoulders, I'm a little surprised. Just because if you look at the Spurs' background and how they were successful, mm-hmm. they go from David Robinson right into Tim Duncan. They have 30 years of success because of dominant bigs. Mm. They don't have a dominant big anywhere on this entire roster. You cannot tell me that Bam Adebayo is going to be your big for the Olympic Games. JaVale McGee, my guy. (laughs) No, I just, and here's the thing, like when it comes to Pop, and I I don't want, I hate doing this to him or to the the legacy of of Pop. He is maybe a, a symptom of the same thing that got McCarthy fired in Green Bay. He lucked into two back-to-back really good big men that bought into your culture and let you run things your way. And because your lead star bought in, nobody else had any other questions. So then when it comes to the Olympic Games, where you're not going to be able to install and run that same rigid-ass, slow-paced culture. You really just culture. compared Mike McCarthy to Yes, Popovich, I fucking though. did. Like, here's your dumb sports take of the day. Greg I'm just Popovich, saying. I'm Greg just saying. Popovich is a first ballot Hall of Fame coach at I agree any with level. You. I agree with you. But here's the thing. When you look at how he's coached, He's been a culture piece from front to back. Well, he has he's been, not had the same time. He's ran a system. And that takes time. He it, doesn't I mean, have that. It takes with the, the right US. players, is what it takes. And he didn't it, and if it if it was him who picked that this entire roster, he picked extremely poorly for his system. Uh, I agree. I agree. But and I think France, if he would have did you watch the France game at all? I didn't. I couldn't France I watched played, the first five minutes. France and played and had to turn two it off. fives against us almost the entire game. Oh yeah. They played two centers the entire game because we didn't have a center. Yeah, it's true. So they dominated the rebounding. We shot poorly, which played right into France's hands. Yep. And thank God we turned around our shooting against Iran because that was yeah. I was a little worried there for a second. And then I and then I did watch did you watch any of the Iran the any of the Iran game? I will I, I watched it until we were up by 30 and I was like, this game's over. And I turned half. it off. Yeah. By the way, Dame Lillard just fucking lights out. Oh, he just shot extremely efficiently. Yeah. The entire game. And one thing I noticed, like, I'm not trying to take anything away from these Iran athletes, but some of these dudes look like they're playing basketball at the Y. Hey, man. I mean, I gotta say, like, honestly, like, some of the shot selections, just even their shot, like, yeah, uh, execution and their form, their technique. There's definitely, dude, how are you one of the best in the world? (laughs) From your country, but well, I mean, I think especially like that in, guy right there. I think it's number fifteen. It's like you are a fifty-year-old guy playing in the upper fifty league at the YMCA on Saturdays. Oh, like, how are Michael. you? I'm just saying. Look at the man. He's probably still more athletic than you. I mean, probably, but still, you're asking that guy to guard like KD. That's true. No, so, I agree with you. This and game I think was over before it started. There was, there's definitely a different, especially when you get to the Olympic stage. There is an upper and a lower echelon of talent. And then there's like 50 feet of crap, and then I ran. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They looked horrible. I know, like, here's the thing. This USA basketball team is not the USA basketball team from years past. No. So the fact that we almost beat them by 60 points, that team is bad. Bad. And here's what I will say. Um, Especially, there's my guy right there, Devin Booker. You weren't on the show last week, but I I did make mention. I don't know if you went back and watched the show. I watched most of it. Pay very close attention to what version of Devin Booker. Like I said, I was kind of annoyed of your voice. That's okay. It happens from time to time. Um, but I was like, oh, okay, let's see what version of Devin. But he just came off an NBA Finals loss. I know that's got a sting. He's going to have a lot to prove. Let's see what what kind of Devin Booker we get. He was the second leading or highest leading scorer on the team and one of the most, efi- most efficient bucket getters on the floor last night. Continue to pay attention to what he's going to be capable of because I think he's actually going to emerge as the number two scorer and Kevin Durant's going to slide back to that the, the Durant's th- only had 10 against Iran. Right. I think he's going to sl- slide back to that third score, kind of like you saw Chris Paul in that Suns run where like, hey, if some team's trying to make a run or they need a big bucket, that'll be the guy that they go to. But I think it's going to be the Dame Book show for the remainder of the, the the world games for the the U.S. basketball team. Do you think we have enough firepower now after watching two games, a loss and a win against upper and lower level talent to bring home gold? No. <gasps> Michael. I think the U.S. would be lucky to place. <laughs> shit that's honest like if they get a bronze medal they should be happy i would agree and i think that is an indictment on pop not the players i think it's an indictment on and steve kerr of the players 
Honestly, I think it's these are all, all of these guys, majority of them, I would say, mm-hmm. except for like maybe a Devin Booker, are all individual players. Yeah. They all love ISO ball. And in the Olympic Games, a lot of these defenses play zone defense, which Very you are true. not allowed to play in the NBA. Yeah. So playing against a zone defense, individual ball, yeah, you get to the rack, but now all of a sudden you're closing down on three guys. And I don't know it's just a it's a different game, and I don't feel like they've selected their roster very well. You know, I don't either. And you know what I just thought about? So Steve Kerr is the assistant coach for this thing. I think where the fuck has Steph Curry been for the U.S. in the Olympics? Why is okay? Why is LeBron not representing? Like as much as I'm not a LeBron like dick rider or anything like that, he is too busy trying to recruit the guy that I just called out for never making an Olympic appearance. How can you be somebody that they consider a Mount Rushmore point guard? And never play for your country. Who are you referring to? Steph Curry. Yeah. He's 30. He's had multiple opportunities since entering right. into the league to come in and be a leader. And that guy changes organizations. Steve Kerr is an assistant coach and he's at home sitting on the fucking couch. Well, that's that the thing too. Is like, d- does this reflect on like some of the mm. NBA superstars that aren't participating? So if, if the U.S. wins bronze, let's say. Oh, yeah. Does this reflect poorly on LeBron or Steph Curry or some of these maybe better players than Bam Adebayo or, you know what I mean? The bench players. The bench players. It's like, hey, you're sitting on your couch at home and the U.S. lost because they didn't have you. Yeah, no, I agree that uh, I think it speaks to the selfishness of the NBA and how some of these guys choose to operate. And the other thing that I will say is I am going to absolutely bury, ruin, destroy, annihilate any NBA player. If we don't get a gold, if any of them comes out that has been on former teams or has not participated and has any negative tweet to say, show up. Right. That's all I well, have I think to say. Part of it too is we do have to give credit to the opposite countries yep. or the other countries, right? Absolutely. Um, there's more NBA talent around the world now than there ever has been. Correct. Um, some, some of these teams are really bringing it. Like, I think Luca had almost 50 in his first game for Slovenia. Dragging that team. Like, dude, there's the some the top. ridiculous talent out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I was watching uh, Sadoransky, like, tear up France the other day, too. Like, I know, man, it's uh, it's pretty fun to watch NBA talent excel on an international level, even if it's, like, third-tier NBA talent. No, I agree. You know? It's because like, that's... hey, you're a six-man for your NBA team, but you are carrying your Olympic team. Oh, absolutely. It's that's why I'm hoping Josh Akogi comes back with a jump shot. You're you're hoping, I think, there. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, one thing I do have to mention about Devin Booker, though. Have you had a chance to watch USA Basketball like at all? Very seldomly. So I feel like our pick-and-roll game in its entirety has increased in efficiency since Devin Booker has joined the team. He's got, he's got a mid-range game. Well, it's not even just him. Just, like, the effectiveness of the pick-and-roll, even with Chris Middleton running it with mm-hmm. KD. Like, it's just it, the spacing is better. Like, it looks almost like the Phoenix Suns pick and roll game. He is a floor leader. Yeah. And it's going to continue to be on display. Right. So, you got one? You got anything else about the Olympics you want to talk about? Yeah, my second take is, uh, so one cool thing that I always really enjoy about the Olympics is you go into the Olympics saying, okay, these are like two or three sports that I really want to watch, really enjoy watching. Um, But then all of a sudden there's like one that's on TV that you didn't expect to watch. Yeah. And that maybe you fall in love with or you really enjoy watching. What weird sport did you watch? What weird sport did you watch? I think I watched, uh, it was either rugby or Aussie rules. Uh, it was rugby yesterday. Okay. For so a little bit. And I was weird, like, but... and I was like, oh, this is the first time I had ever sat down and watched a rugby game. Rugby's like, fun to watch, dude. Fuck, these guys are. If you like football, you will like rugby. Oh, yeah, I it's watched faster it. faster paced football. It was basically. pretty good. I saw probably one of the most outrageous haircuts I've ever seen. Uh, the guy had like the fryer tuck all the way back to the back of his skull and then just six tiny braided ponytails out the back. And I was Very like, nice. that is the oddest looking. Very nice. What country do you remember? I have no idea. All right. Well, while we're clear. speaking about rugby, congratulations to Fiji for winning their gold medal. Woo. I know that that gold medal is uh, extremely important for that for small country. Sure, yeah. Um, that's pretty much what they pride themselves in is rugby. So congratulations to them. Um, I found myself. So first of all, we should give a little shout out to the this year's four sports that are brand new this year yep. at the Olympics. Uh, and that's karate. Yep, skateboarding, which I did a, watch a little bit of. That I was didn't pretty, see that. Pretty I saw the surfing as well. Um, skateboarding was a lot of young guys. Yeah, young guys and gals. Um, I think the gold medal winner 
for the gals was uh, like 13 or 14 years old. That's going to be super reminiscent of all the youth you saw when snowboarding got introduced yep. in the Winter Olympics. Yep. Uh, surfing. Um, surfing. They actually got to capitalize on the tropical storm that was coming yep. in and use the waves from the tropical storm, which was kind of cool. And then uh, sport climbing, which is coming up here August 3rd. Oh, the 6th. that I will watch. That yeah. I am super excited to see. So the one sport that I found myself watching that I did def like if you would have asked me two or three weeks ago that are you going to watch it? Um, women's water polo. Dude, like some of these gals. So if you don't know, in water polo, you cannot touch the bottom of the pool, right? A whole lot of this. Um, yeah, but dude, they rocket that ball. Oh dude. yeah. Like in the U.S. Uh, women's water polo team is really solid. Let's go. Really solid. So they were they were actually pretty fun to watch, and uh, I watched them defeat, I believe China, and there was one other team that I cannot think of. But uh, both games they were like tied three to three, four to four early Clutch in the game, up. and then they would go on a tear and win like 17 to five. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. So a little um, bit of separation from the yeah, rest of the world. I want to hear from our fans what sport maybe you weren't planning on watching that has caught your attention. I tried to watch equestrian for about six seconds. Is that a horse thing? It was a horse thing. Oh, we've got uh, some horse fans. I lasted about six seconds and I yeah? had to change it. Yeah. It was uh, more boring or less boring than golf. Dude, I would rather watch golf for 30 hours before i watched another 10 minutes of equestrian that's rough yeah it was <laughs> it was pretty brutal i don't understand how that's an olympic sport honestly oh yeah uh so let us know guys what you thought what uh you know who do you think is going to break world records who do you think's taking home the gold who do you think's taking home the gold medal count the overall medal count uh, any sports that you guys may be watching that i need to or me and mike need to pay attention to because obviously we're not all that educated in the olympics in general i mean there's um, just so much to there's catch, a lot too. there's judo and stuff, and I have no idea how people score in judo. There's all sorts of weirds. Yeah, I, I would love to learn a little bit more about what's going on in the Olympic and Olympics and what's important, like speed walking or power walking or whatever you want to call it. And stuff what like I want well, to learn so. more about too is obviously they usually do an Olympic special like after the Olympics, and yeah, kind of highlight some of this stuff. But so like Katie Ledecky's schedule mm -hmm. right now is absolutely ridiculous. She'll swim like a semifinal and then have an hour have an hour where she's warming up for half of that hour mm -hmm. for her next race. And all of a sudden it's a final for the four by 200 or something. Mm -hmm. And then she'll have an hour. She'll run and get a snack, jump right back into the pool. Like I want to know what her schedule from wake up to go to bed on one of these days looks like. I'm fairly certain it looks very close to, and they actually, so there was a, I, once again, ripped this from the Pat McAfee show. Michael Phelps has been doing a lot of the commentating for the yep. swimming, and his schedule was very similar when he was racking up all those gold medals. And if you want to, obviously go back and watch it. But he talks about how, you know, when you have an hour with the level of like training staff that you have with you, you get out, cold tub, hot tub, stretch, snack, warm up, back in the pool. Like in that hour time. Yeah, it's regimented to, like crazy. He said, and I think he said one of the quickest turnaround times that he had was like 18 minutes before he had to be the well, anchor especially because Ledecky you know I mean? is swimming Just, like 15 smokes. she swam the 1500 meter the other the day like, she's got yeah. like the, the all the distance swims yeah. like holy and then she's crap. an anchor on the four by two did yeah. you watch that by any chance last night no i did not so the four by two i believe it was the um uh what do they call it freestyle freestyle yeah did you like my freestyle form there yeah so the four by two freestyle uh women was last night and the three before her swam pretty well. They, they were in the 155s, 156s. Mm -hmm. And Ledecky needed to catch who was in the lead. And she swam a 153.4 and brought the U.S. from fifth place to second place. And Oof. it was close. I was screaming at the TV at 930 at night. Go, Katie. Go, go. Uh, that was pretty fun. That was it's, it's fun to watch some of these athletes, especially in sports that, like, I'm not a swimming fan. <laughs> right? So every four years I get to watch it. And it's Yes, yeah, it's, it's enough. It's yeah, right. And then we'll we'll wait four more years, yep. you know, just about as frequently as people score in soccer. So, um, we speaking can, about four years, about every four years, the Twins are good too. Yeah, so we can talk about them next in the fucking garbage pile that they have become. Actually, guys, if you want to go ahead and look behind me, I brought one of the poll ads into the studio today to join us. Fucking sloths around the trade deadline. Um, <laughs> we're less than 24 hours from not being able to move any more pieces or be a buyer or seller. So I wanted to sit here with you guys and Mike a little bit and run through the, tr the trades that have happened and the ones that should happen or the ones that won't happen and uh, know if the twins are going to have a bright future whatsoever. So I guess we can start Mike with Nelson Cruz in the trade over to Tampa Bay for two pitchers and Drew Stroman and Joe Ryan. What are your thoughts? 
I mean, we traded a perennial <clears throat> all-star. Yes, he's late in his twilight for his career. Um, but he's one of the best hitters that we had on the team. Yes. This year, statistically. Mm-hmm. Um, this trade shows you that we're done for the year, for sure. Obviously, yeah. like, it would have been extremely difficult for the Twins to make a push anyway. Mm-hmm. But we're clearly sellers at this point. And the two pitchers that we brought in, we probably won't see in a Twins uniform for years if we do ever. Well, okay, so... And I agree with you, but I don't want to be fed this line of bullshit. They did an interview with one of the poll ads the other day where he said, no, we want to be in a winning window every year. And I don't think that's out of consideration for this year. Then why and I was like, Nelson do not sit there pitchers. and tell me that what you got in return yeah. was going to be worth you making a playoff push when you're getting rid of a guy who's a 30 home run, 90 RBI plus, he's going to hit 285 plus. Season in and season out is your deal. Well, he's just a big bat in the lineup, too. So if they don't pitch to him, they're going to pitch to other, you know, big bats in our lineup, like Max Kepler, like Josh Donaldson. Uh, you take him away, now they can attack them Yeah, in a different... Well, they don't got to pitch him as carefully because right. they ain't got to worry about who's coming behind them. So, right. And then if you take into consideration who we got. So me and Gabe actually went through a lot of these trade these trade options for Nelson Cruz last week. And I said, hey, there are some people that we should be getting. There, um, uh, There's a guy, I think it was Videl... Um, and then another pitcher, both of them were near the top of the Rays organization as far as prospects that were going to be available to us. And what did we do? We went all the way down into the 20s and then got another pitcher that wasn't even on the Rays top prospect list. And now we're just going to have to sit tight. Not to mention, we had to give up a, a, a prospect to get these two prospects right. back. It wasn't just Nelson Cruz. No, it wasn't. It was a, it was a prospect that we gave up as well. So Drew Stroman, I'm sorry, you, you're not going to convince me that a guy that is playing high A ball in Tampa and has a 5.00 plus ERA that he's ever going to make a roster at 24. Right. So I'm out on him. The only guy I think I have any hope for is this guy right here, which would be Joe Ryan. He's got plus stuff. He's put, he's playing in AAA ball, but he's still got a, uh, a 3.5 plus ERA on a team now in the Minnesota Twins to where if you were to bring him up, can't score. So you're going to saddle him with a bunch of losses in three-run ball games, and you're going to burn him out, and he's going to want to Well, and leave. I feel like this is the epitome of the Twins rotation as well. Um, they just have their expectations way too low for yes. someone that they're going to trot out onto the mound to start a game. I agree. Like, the fact that J.A. Happ is still even on a major league roster, let alone have- starting games for the oh, Twins. Yeah. So I actually went to the Twins game last Friday. Ooh, how was it? It was uh, it was fun. I went with the the coaching staff. The Were high they school. giving tickets away? No. Well, I got be. I got in for free, so they might have been <laughs> actually. So I went with the high school coaching staff that I coach for uh, football for. Um, we went as a staff and significant others, and sat in left field. Nice. Um, and I was explaining to one of the coaches who doesn't watch a lot of baseball uh, that J.A. Happ is a horrible pitcher. So we might get to catch some home runs then we might get to catch home runs. And as I finished that sentence, uh, I believe it was Kurt Suzuki took Jay Happ to deep left field about nice. three rows away from me. And me and one coach were looking for the ball because it was just two rows up. And the coach that I had just explained this to is literally there just laughing his butt off because I had just finished saying, hey, by the way, they're going to hit a lot of home runs on us. And boom, there it goes. <sighs> Twins did come so come back and win the game. Um, actually, against the Angels. Angels are a 500 team, so it's not that impressive. Nope. And it was because of an error late in the game. Go figure. But uh, Twins did win that one. Yeah, I just, I don't I don't get it. The only hope that I have, Joe Ryan is a part of that U.S. baseball team. He is going to be surrounded by a lot of other talent that is better than him. Right. Hopefully he can learn a little bit on that stage. He's older than Stroman. He's 25, but as a guy at 25 that's pitching in AAA, if he makes some improvements while he's out there, surrounded by much more elevated talent, especially for batting practice, bullpen sessions, better pitching coach, you know, so on and so forth. Maybe we get a starter out of this, but completely and utterly just fucking disappointed by the Nelson Cruz trade. The only silver lining would be there was an interview that was done because his contract is up at the end of the season regardless. And he said he, um, he, said he may come back to the Minnesota Twins. So... Uh, Let's fucking hope that we just fleece the Tampa Bay Rays, but I don't think that's ever how it goes. Um, So we can move on next to the Twins failing to extend both Jose Barrios and Byron Buxton. See, is this a fail to extend or want a larger sample size? Because would you give give Buxton Mm -hmm. the money that he wants right now? Yes. He can't hit. 
Bullshit. He was an MVP candidate at the beginning of the year this year. Okay, that lasted about eight games. When he's been in what? the lineup, and he has what? been a difference maker for us. Let's let's right now. Let's just look up Byron Buxton batting average. Okay. Okay. I bet you it's around two fifty. Is that good? Two forty seven. I told you. Is that good enough? He has also not had the ability to be cons- in the lineup consistently enough and who's to generate rhythm. Is he plays? So why damn would you hard. give this man a max contract or like a huge contract, right? Because he's going to be he considers himself a top, basically a prospect still almost because of his age. He's only twenty seven. Yep. And the position that he plays, he can play for 12, 13 more years. Yep. So he's still in kind of the beginning of his career. Mm-hmm. He's going to get money. Yeah. So would you pay him the kind of money that like a Tory Hunter who brings a 290, 300 average and some home run pop and the gold glove? Like Buxton is just not there offensively like we thought he was going to be. I think opinion. he is and it just and it's I think the reason and this is no different than in the NFL, like when Darrell Revis or Richard Sherman was like betting on themselves. Like, hey, you're going to have to pay me because I know what I'm worth, right? He is absolutely taking a risk. And yeah, he's still a restricted free agent with us until the end of next year in 2022 because he doesn't have his six years of MLB service or See, whatever. And that's yet. why I think it's just, uh, let's put it off. Let's Because he is betting but, 369 this year, but it's an extremely small sample size. But let's, n- let's also not sit back and... This is the same. We're going to wind up in the same situation that the Cowboys wound up in with Dak Prescott, right? They, this sounds See, like the most Minnesota thing. I think it's a totally thing. different situation because I think Dak had proven himself more so than Buck has. This is just the most Minnesota thing I think I've ever seen. Like, you get this prospect. He's got his struggles. You bring him along. You know, he this still has his struggles. Still has, you know, injuries, but he's a consistent player. He wants to be here in the city. They We try again and again and again. And as soon as he gets... You know, he hits his MVP or Cy Young caliber stride, which I think is something both of these guys are capable of when they're at their best. I don't know. When they're at their best, but the, the thing is, they're both so inconsistent. But I, is that them or is it the talent that surrounds them that makes them inconsistent? Is it the fact that... I mean, baseball is one of those sports where it is almost an individual sport coming I, together as a team. At the plate, I could disagree with that completely. You see, you've see, seen it with, you know, teams like the Red Sox all the way back in 2004, right? Where, you know... Manny Ramirez was great, or David Ortiz wasn't the best hitter, but then you began to protect him with another guy behind him. You know what I mean? It's it, The Twins don't have the depth. Same thing with the with the bullpen, right? Berrios has to go out there and think that he's got to wave down everybody that he's going to face because if they put up any runs at all, he's going to get the loss because I mean, the, the, career, the guys can't stick. I, I disagree with that. So, I just don't think Berrios – again, Berrios is probably a, a – second class pitcher. I don't think he's He's a number 2 in a rotation, but you don't let those guys walk if you want to win a World Series. But you don't give him number 1 money either. I'm not telling you to give him number 1 money. I'm he telling wants you just to fucking money, pay him. He wants number 1 money. That's the issue. And so does Buck. Well, and I guess here's the thing. He can technically demand it cuz situations are situational because who else would be the ace for the Minnesota Twins? They're not going to go Blazovic out and, in 5 years. Oh, in 5 years? Cool. So you got to pay Barrios like a number 1 pitcher for the next 5 years. Why? Until that guy is ready. Why not save that money and put it into something else that's actually worth that money? I, See, these are the moves that handcuff the Twins every fucking year. Is we give guys who it's like, oh, well, you're probably our third best player, but you want number one money, so here you go, and now we can't get four, five, six, seven, eight. Like, the depth that other teams have when they go win World Series is their seven hitter, that's 275 with 15 home runs. I don't want to hear shit about... We, we have Greg Rooker batting seventh. Like, it's a totally different... But I don't want to hear anything about we can't go get four, five, six, seven, eight. You know who that falls on? The same motherfuckers that don't want to pay the talent that we currently have. It's the same reason Johan, Francisco, Tori, Ortiz, Doug Mankiewicz, everybody has walked. Number two talent, number one money. No. Nope. It handcuffs you. You have to. You have to because of the situation. What's you the most wins that Barrios has had in his career in a season? I think it's 14. 14. 14, and you want to give this guy Cy Young money. 14 wins will... Felix Hernandez got Cy Young with 12. Okay. Totally different. Mm. I'm just saying, like, mm. they painted themselves into this corner. Unfortunately, you may not like the way that this has to operate moving forward, right? It, it's it's the unfortunate truth, right? They could have done this much quicker. They could have handled this and not let it be messy. The they man could have is given 55 a- and 43 with a 4.08 ERA over his career, and you're trying to give him number one money. If he, I'm telling you right now, if he had bats 
around him. It he would, still has a 4.08 ERA. What's the so con- we what we have to score five runs a game that he starts that, to win the game in an era where everybody's hitting 30 plus home runs a year. That should not be that goddamn okay. difficult. Okay, I disagree. So I just think that the Minnesota Twins have utterly fumbled the bag on these two. And I disagree, if they, Twins. You're all right. If they walk, let them walk. You better go immediately into re- and actually. If you can't get them signed by the beginning of next season, trade them. I want pieces in return. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. But again, it's it's a number two or a number three demanding number one money. And, in, and if you're truly going to build for the future, and the Twins have some decent prospects coming up. Yep. Like we're in four or five years, the Twins are going to be good as long as they don't fuck it up. <laughs> That's a big if. Signing these two to number one money would be the first step in fucking it up. Yeah. Period. All right, well, let's move on to uh, Taylor Rogers, who went ahead and got himself put on the IL with a sprained finger as our only other movable piece right now. Once again, I wouldn't have moved him though. What I do you have, you have out have of the? To. What do you have out of the bullpen? Colome? Colome is awful. You Trade could, him. I would agree, but nobody else is interested in him. You have to. Yeah, because he's awful. Because we don't have a bullpen other than Taylor Rogers. He generates interest. You so you are on sell everything right now. Absolutely. Okay. Because this formula obviously doesn't work. Let's check how old Taylor Rogers is. I want to say he's like 29. 26, is I he believe. only 26? He didn't have his big... He didn't really start to put up big he's numbers. 30. He's 30. Okay, he's 30. He really didn't start to put up big numbers until 2018 when he added a slider to his arsenal to begin with. Yep. Since then, he has been one of the most consistent middle relievers in baseball. I will give him that. Shit, but he's even a good closer. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but I think you're in a place now to where you just have to, you have to sell. You have to. You have to hit rebuild. We've talked about this. 500 gets you more fucking 500. We, me and Gabe talked about this last week with Chris Bryant, right? Would you much rather have Chris Bryant at 100% or two guys that are 75% at Chris Bryant and plug two holes instead of one? I think in a two. situation like this, you take the two guys, right? And that's why I think you had to trade him. But what did the Twins do? Instead of waiting to get a deal done when the Giants were more than interested in coming in to try to get him, he got hurt. It's going to hurt his trade value. And now we're fucked again. I mean, a closer can literally play until they're 40. I agree. Right? The Twins aren't When gonna... did Mariano retire? Like 42, 41? Yeah. So I don't think keeping Taylor Rogers is the bad move because I think the Twins' timeline for winning is going to be three or three to five years from now. So I think, hey, here's our lone bright spot in the bullpen. He can close. He can set up games. He can even pitch two or three innings in the middle of a game if we really need him to. Mm-hmm. Keep him. He's one of your most valuable pitchers right now. Not at 30. I'm sorry. Even if we do get the next he 10 years out of him. He can go for another 10 years. I agree. But he can also get us talent that's instead of just 10 years with one guy, it's an accumulative 20 with two. So I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. All right. So speaking of accumulative talent, the Green Bay Packers. Oh, oh actually, before we get to this, guys, please let us know what you think about the Minnesota Twins situation, all right? Should we have rested Taylor Rodgers and traded him? Do you think they're going to be able to re-sign Berrios and Buxton? Do they even deserve the money they're asking for? And what do you think about the Nelson Cruz deal? We always appreciate you guys writing in. Um, but as we move forward on to the Green Bay Packers, there's big news in the NFC North. Aaron Rodgers has reported for camp. But on the flip side of that coin, Devontae Adams is awfully unhappy along with Zadarius Smith. So what are your takeaways from some of this, Mike? So I think this will definitely be Rodgers' last year in Green Bay. I agree. Um, I'm shocked to see him come back at all. Really? I think he's got a real sour taste in his mouth. Oh, yeah. Did you watch that press conference that he had? <laughs> that, there Maybe were no holds me. barred there. Um, and honestly, that was a little refreshing. Yeah. Just to see him actually be honest. But as a Vikings fan standpoint, again, like I said a month and a half ago, like all I think of, and this shows my immaturity in a way, is there's a SpongeBob episode where SpongeBob is going crazy and it shows like 10 SpongeBobs in his head and like there's flames, there's papers going I'm everywhere. Fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's like, yeah, the Packers are saying they're fine on the outside. There is a catastrophe going on inside of that front office right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Green Bay is going to have to unfortunately lay in the bed that they made okay you had two mount they have rushmore. one year to win it or they're done they for had, a while we're gonna get into that they've had two mount rushmore level quarterbacks now and only over 30 years 32 years now two two super bowls bowls to two super bowls to show for it okay 
And it has come out now that this wasn't just about Aaron. This was about the way that the Green Bay Packers dating all the way back to Brett Favre, Jordy Nelson, Donald Driver, some of the elders that were on that team, Cobb. Randall Cobb, when he was coming into the system, that they mistreated and just pushed on out the door. Remember, there's also a narrative that a Green Bay quarterback doesn't play more than 16 seasons in Green Bay. Bart Starr, 16, Brett Favre, 16, Aaron Rodgers, if he wouldn't have come back this year, 16. So they had a system that wasn't part of the player empowerment movement that is very much what the NFL is going through right now with the way that they have found or figured out how to kick dead cap space down the line and so on and so forth. So I think this is a personal win-win for both sides right now, but I, I don't know, man. They've got... Rumor has that they're trying to get Cobb again, too. Well, he's already in Green Bay. Yeah. You know what I mean? He Coming from Houston. So, like, there's two ways that this is going to go. Green Bay is going to get it right. They're going to win a championship, and it's going to kind of hamstring Aaron or shoehorn Aaron into signing another long-term deal with Green Bay. And I think that's when they would move on from Jordan Love because he's got him a second Super Bowl. I think even if they win it, you know, he's gone. Aaron, well, he would hold all the he would hold all the cards. So if he wanted to stay, he could stay. Yeah. And he a, likes Green it's Bay. It's a principal thing. For right. Him, right. Or we're going to get the same version of Aaron Rodgers this year that we got when he wanted Mike McCarthy fired. And he's going to play his ass right up. Yeah, highest throwaway percentage in the league, folding on sacks, not extending plays, bitching to the media. So with Rodgers, what's the Packers' record this year? Same and thing. Should the Vikings be worried? No. I You can't cross a divide that was this public, that was this messy, that was this recent. There's dysfunction there. Oh, absolutely. Because now you got to come in, and if you're Matt LaFleur, do you – like? You can't, you can't sit back and What's your and first me, interaction with Aaron like? I have no idea. Hey, bud. Yeah. How's it going? Thanks for roasting the entire organization <laughs> right. in this press conference, right? Gutekunst. If they need to go make a move at the trade deadline to get them over the hump, are they really going to hand the keys to Aaron now? No, they got him back in the door. They can go right back to doing the shit that they were right. doing before. I think as this was just a Band-Aid over a leak in the Hoover Dam. This thing, when it falls apart, is going to be messy. I'm talking... The Smiths are going to leave. I think Devontae Adams gets out. I think some of the only guys that survive are like Aaron Jones and Randall Cobb. The cupboards are going to be bare, and they are going to go immediately into a rebuild for the for Green Bay. And the shitty part is, because of how public this was, I have a really, really, really bad feeling that it's going to be about five to six years before you see them sign another big-name free agent. With it being known how poorly they treat guys that outperform their contracts at older ages— well, in did Green you hear Bay. what Aaron said? Go ahead. He uh, he said, Green Bay is not exactly a fun destination. People come here to play with me. Oh, yeah. No, and I agree. That's what they've well, all showed I up mean, for. It, Julius Peppers showed hey, up to play with It was the same Aaron. thing in New England, but you never heard Tom say it. Like, nobody wants to go to Foxborough, oh. Massachusetts. Let's be honest. Yeah. Did they make the playoffs this year? Yes. As a wild card. As a wild card team? Do they win the division? I think 11-6, and six, Vikings win the division. Um, I think Vikings and Packers probably split their games home and home. Ten and seven, and they get swept by the Vikes. Really? All right. Ten and seven. I am extremely curious to see how the veteran secondary that the Vikings have bolstered up now plays Will against Rodgers. Rip him to shreds. I really do believe that. You have to show up, and like there, there are new pieces. Devontae Adams. You know, Randall Cobb is there now. They just drafted somebody that they're hoping is going to be their wide receiver three out of Clemson. Like, their um, Big Bob Tunyon is yep. one of those guys that he, he's going to need reps. You've got O-linemen who are young that need to learn his cadence and how he operates well, yeah, that offense. Like and last week. <laughs> so I just, I don't know if we're going to get engaged Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know. I mean, if this thing goes sour in the first two to three weeks, how quickly before the locker room then turns on Aaron? Right. He's playing with a double-edged sword. He better be careful. He doesn't I think it's cut himself. Be more eyes on Aaron Rodgers this year, just because of what happened with the. Absolutely. The watch both the watch both our rivalry games get flexed into primetime. Oh yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So let us know what you guys think about the Green Bay situation. Me and Mike try not to spend too much time on it because we fucking hate the Packers. Um, it's just something that yeah right there go ahead moon the despicable act that was randy moss moon the crowd but let us know what you guys think the impact on having aaron Rodgers back is going to have on the packers organization as a whole whether or not Devonte adams is going to stay now that we know that he is kind of neglecting a big money deal i think that more depends on whether or not aaron Rodgers is going to stay 
Um, we'll wait to see that answer and then probably get Devontae Adams' answer in shorthand. Um, but yeah, uh, I think, let us know what you guys think. We got to get that t-shirt shot up again. I missed it. Yeah, no I didn't even see what it was. Woo! That's a dope t-shirt. <laughs> That's really awesome. So absolutely, Mike. Anything? I knew we were talking about the Packers, unfortunately, today. So I, I did choose my t-shirt wisely, even though I was running late. Yeah. So Mike. speaking of wide receiver number threes. Oh, yeah. Vikings brought in theirs, hopefully. Yeah, with a connection to our wide receiver coach and D.D. Westbrook. Yep. You like the move? I do. Um, I think D.D. brings that speed aspect that we haven't had as a wide receiver number three. You know, you look at Chad Beebe mm -hmm. versus... B.B. versus D.D.? <laughs> yeah, B.B. versus D.D. Where's I'll C. take D.D. Um, I think uh, you look at him versus like B.C. Johnson. I'll take D.D. Westbrook all day. Um, I think he just adds another level to our offense with his speed and athleticism. And he's a great receiver in his own right. I agree. I think he actually somewhat reminds me of like um, just wearing the number 12. He's not as hard-nosed, but smarts in the middle of the field, almost <laughs> like Percy Harvin, just very vertical. He's got the breakaway speed. He's intelligent. I think this is going to be a very good fit for Kirk Cousins over the middle of the field. And like you, you said, you know, bringing him in with Keenan Marquette and Cardell. The Which, Vikings' new receiver coach. Somebody who he's comfortable with. And I think that is going to play very heavily. Uh, that played very heavily into this the decision, too, knowing that he's coming off of an ACL injury where he's going to need somebody he's familiar with that's going to be able to have an open line of communication with him and get him up to speed quickly. Do you think that that's going to have a large impact on him? What do you think that we're going to get from, you know, D.D. Westbrook coming off an ACL where he only caught one pass for six yards last year? You know, my guess for his stat line this year would probably be somewhere around like the 50 catches, 700 yards. Um, just a great compliment to Jefferson and Thielen uh, to the point that you can't double you can't. one of them. You can't. I was thinking about this prior to the show. I mean, this wide receiving core with Irv Smith, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Conklin, then you add in uh, Madison, Cook, Kirk is a, a serviceable. This is this is the best weapon, weapon wise core that we've had. Stacks in a while. up against any other offense in the yeah. NFL right now. It needs to be proven. Like is this, obviously, is this you the first go time the Vikings have had three deep since the two or you know ninety nine. I would think so. Yeah. I mean, you could almost make it. You could make an argument that we kind of had it when Keenum was here, and it was Thielen, Diggs, and uh, Wright because Wright was a really good slot yeah, receiver but, for us, and then we had Kyle Rudolph. And would Adrian. you rather have Jarius Wright or Dede Westbrook though? Uh, the third down machine, Jarius. I was a huge fan of his when he was here because every time on third down, you knew where the ball was he going was and he was picking it up. So that's true. Um, you know, I, I, this signing reminds me a ton of what the Vikings have been about all offseason. You look at the contract that we gave to Breland, you look at the, the contract that we gave to Xavier Rhodes or uh, Woods. Sorry, I don't ever want to see Rhodes in a Vikings uniform ever again. Um, but then you know, it's been a part of the theory this year. Go out and get guys to where it's like, all right, prove that you can be a Viking or prove that you're going to go get money somewhere else. But you got to prove it this year. We brought in guys that are going to be role players that are going to have the opportunity to put on a showcase. So you're the um, contract guy. What was the contract for DD? I did not. I have not taken the opportunity see if to I can look. find it really, um, really quick. But like I said, it's 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 these veteran signings that I think the Vikings have been very hesitant to make in the past that is going to bring us up over the hump because that gives a certain level of leadership that we haven't had before. One-year deal, veteran minimum. Perfect. Wise move. Perfect. I don't agree with waving the guy that got shot four times in <coughs> from Pitt in order to make this happen, but hopefully he clears waivers and stays in the system because I do think he's going to be a legitimate pass rusher for us in the future. So real quick on that story. Yeah. From what I heard, he was an innocent bystander. Yes. I do believe that. You do? I do. Okay. I just don't know. I did you put hear yourself he in situations, though, in my opinion. I agree. And it's just weird to me. Why is it that we can't ever draft good D tackles with healthy pelvises? Because this is the same type of, like, degenerate. This could lead to the same type of degenerative hip or pelvis injury that Sharif Floyd had. And now we're going to get it with this guy? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Is right. there just a curse since Pat and Kyle Williams that we're not allowed to have two good D tackles at the same time? We will this year. Oh yeah, absolutely. This year is the as long year. as they stay healthy, right? So yeah. Um, any any other thoughts on the signing of D.D. Westbrook? You liked it, right? Like this, you thought this I, was a I like I like the signing. Um, the Vikings have all of the talent to make a deep run this year, and it's whether or not we can basically get over that Minnesota Vikings curse this year. I think I want a Super Bowl so bad. 
Well, so I was talking. Bad. I was talking to one of my training clients uh, the other day, and he I introduced him to the show and everything. And he's like, "Yeah, you know, your show's really good and everything, but you really think the Vikings are going to go seven and one? Yeah, to start the season." I was like, "You know, they have the talent to do so, but we all know our Vikings, and they'll probably go one and seven. <laughs> don't don't. <laughs> Why do people always want to manifest negative shit? I mean, I'm me? not manifesting it. Hey, I'm just saying the Vikings for some reason, even with all the talent in the world, just doesn't seem to. Yeah." It is, sometimes so. it is difficult so um let us know what you guys think on the dd westbrook signing obviously me and mike think this is a total positive good move um for both sides hopefully he is healthy and ready to go for camp um you know we're looking forward to seeing him good route runner obviously great high points the ball really well so um other than that we can spin into what is probably going to be the most touchy subject we've ever been on which is the nfl's new ish rules on covid19 vaccines for players um, we're at a spot right now where they sent out a memo last week, uh, stating that any unvaxxed players, um, will have to follow the same testing as last year, which was very rigorous. I think that was almost like a couple times per day. I was going to say two or three times a week, but yeah, it's, it's, it's 10 over the course of the week. It's, it is. Okay. it's 10 COVID tests over the course of the week. Obviously they still got to wait out in their vehicles. They have to wear masks. They have to sit in different meeting rooms. It causes a certain level of dysfunction inside the organization. Um, you know, they also said this year they are installing a 14 thousand dollar sign for any infractions on or in the facility so if you get caught with your mask down around players if you're in a meeting room that you shouldn't be in if you go out and you visit a relative um that hasn't been tested and approved da 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 fourteen thousand dollars per infraction that's a hefty fine that is legitimately the nfl I mean, sitting back saying it's not that hefty if you're making millions but i hear you it is i think about the amount of times that well, somebody's making, had like, to look at me minimum. and be like yeah. mask you know what i mean like that's a lot of money and especially i'm not talking about your headline guys i'm talking about your guys that are like buying for a spot that make 500 grand veteran yeah. minimums and yeah. and things like that this is to me the nfl just sitting back and going well get vaxxed or don't play pretty much and there's been a lot of pushback i think my, the, uh, you i did also read that 85 percent vax rate is what the teams are looking at in order to loosen masking uh, requirements and some of the stringent testing for the entire team. And I think it's like 13 of the 32 teams have hit it so far. Correct. And then the remain the league average right now is at 50%. Yep. Okay. So I want to know, is it glad? And we're going to talk so about the is, rules as our, a whole. This is our half glass topic of the day. Yep. Here. This is our glass half topic of the day. And we're going to do this on the rules themselves. Who are the winners and losers of some of these on new the rules, rules being enforced in the NFL? I would say the NFL is a winner okay? just because they're going to make a lot of money off of COVID infractions. Absolutely. Um, but a weird take is I think the fans are winners. Okay. Um, the NFL is going to have full stadiums back again this year. Yep. Um, they also said that if any game gets canceled because of a COVID outbreak, mm -hmm. that game will not be It'll rescheduled. Be a forfeit. It will be a forfeit. Yep. I think that's a great motivator for these players to – either get on top of their mask wearing or get the vaccine themselves. Yep. Um, and hopefully, knock on wood, we see 17 games by every team this year because I, of this penalty. And I think we will, right? Um, I think the losers here, and this is the unfortunate truth. I do believe that at some point, and I am somebody right now that is not vaccinated. Okay? I'm not either, but that's... I am that's, waiting until the time... I'm trying to get vaccinated. And I am too. Like, it's, it's going to happen. It's not something that I've said I'm not going to do. Like, it's going to happen. I'm just waiting. I'm very much into the details. I take a ton of pride in what I put into my body on a daily basis. If I take pride in what I take into my body, think about the millions of dollars that these athletes spend on their bodies year in and year out. And it takes one person on their team to go, this could have long-term effects on you. And if you're in a contract year, are you really willing to risk Anything that's going to mess with the bag for you moving forward. Are you really willing to risk your ability to make more money down the line, not knowing what the long-term effects of these vaccines are? Because nobody what truly does. if you're in a contract does. year, are you willing to sit out games because you contracted COVID? Or There's, willing to set your team back two or three games because you contracted COVID? I agree. Like, which would I be a black like eye on truly your record go, as well. Exactly. So if you truly go into an offseason not having a contract and teams look back and say, well, he decided not to get vaccinated. He was irresponsible with his mask wearing. He had he himself had a COVID outbreak that mm -hmm. cost his team two games. Yep. Like he, he's gonna go straight down that list on the 
free agent pool. No, and, and I and I agree, but I just think it's an unfair expectation to put an individual player under, especially when it comes to their personal health. This is the same reason why is guys in the NFL a right or a privilege. No, it's a privilege. And but the, the NFL backs. figured it out last year where they were like, hey, if you don't feel safe, you have the ability to opt out. They waited to enforce these rules or put this memo out until after the opt-out date had passed. Right. That's where I find a big part of this issue because now you've cornered your players into are you a team player or are you an individual? And that just pits people against one another in the locker room. And if they're doing that across all 32 teams, some teams may be cool with it and they're just going to get vaxxed. Other teams like the Washington Redskins, where Ron Rivera is making a bunch of noise right now because he's got a, a group of players that doesn't want to get vaccinated and he's a cancer survivor. Well, now you've got friction between player and coach. That leads to bad football, lower ratings. I just don't think it was the right move, especially to make it public. If you wanted to do this, you should have done it privately it would have, and figured it, it out. It would have gone public. I agree. So then maybe you just shouldn't have done it. You should have found, I'm not saying that this was the right or wrong way to do it, but I think there would have been a better way to address this issue just knowing the level of competition and the pride that these guys take in every calorie, ounce of protein, carbohydrate that they consume on a daily basis and for a league that has such a stringent uh, substance like abuse list already to then go against everything that you believe in and go, no, I want you to put a foreign substance in your body and we're going to make you do it. I just, I don't agree with it. It doesn't sit well with me. I mean, it's not necessarily here. Here's a myth around this vaccine, though, is that it came out a year ago. No, it's been in it's been in trial for a very, very for long almost time. two decades. Absolutely. Right. So like this isn't just, hey, we conjured this thing up and we think it works like, no, this is scientifically proven over damn near two decades to work. Yeah. And to be efficient in, you know, preventing you from getting sicker than you should. Or being on the brink of death. That's basically what this vaccine does. Is like you're still going to contract COVID if you get the vaccine. I agree. You're less likely to spread it. Yep. And the symptoms aren't going to be as bad. I agree. Right. So if you truly do care about your long-term health and believe in science, in theory, you would get the vaccine, even right. if you're a top-tier athlete. But at your on your own time, at your own pace, at your own comfortability, is how that needs. Yes, to be Yes, unless you have a job in which. You get millions of dollars to play a game, and like it is truly a privilege to be in the NFL. I agree. There's plenty of athletes that are at this level of the guys that play in the NFL that haven't gotten an opportunity, yeah. right? So if the NFL give, gets rid of 15% of the talent because they decided not to get the vaccine, you know how quickly that 15% is going to fill in? I agree. I just think that this is going to get very, very messy because you're already starting to see it. Darius Butler's been out on social media making a stink. Uh, Cole Beasley. Uh, you've got coaches and owners that have come out and said, yep, I would sign a vaxxed free agent versus an unvaxxed free agent. So now you're talking about and it, like I So there's your free agent argument. I like I no, and like I said, I agree with you on like I believe everybody at some point should get vaccinated. I do. I think that's going to be what is safest for not only the NFL, not only the state, not only the country, but the world. I do 110% agree with that. Do not get me wrong. Where I have an issue, not, I view it. So if you're getting paid millions of dollars, your timeline has just moved up. Bummer. But it's the same. Like the, I view it on the same thing as like free speech rights, or I view it on the same uh, on the same platform sure, as course. your ability you, you to have, bear arms. You have the right or, to say anything you want with free speech rights, but I have the right to say anything I want back to you, or have an opinion that changes because of anything that you say. I agree. Right. So sure, you have the right to not take the vaccine. But the NFL has the right to not let you play in their league. That's true. You're playing in somebody else's sandbox. And I said the same thing when it came to Colin Kaepernick in his second tryout. Like, he botched that up because the NFL said, here, we're going to give you an opportunity. And he turned his nose up at it and wanted to do it his way. Right. So I do agree. But I think in order, because CBAs are always going to be in negotiation. They put it in there that you can't hold out now. They put the rules in like this after the opt-out date. There was a better way to do this. There was a better way to address this. And it surprised me for a league that I think handled the COVID scenario as a whole better than any other league in professional sports to then have taken this far of a step back to irritate its players, which is very evident if you go anywhere on social media the right NFL now to handle it this way. When it and, comes to their players, especially compared to like the NBA. So but. I just, I think with the way Goodell handled COVID so well in his team, and then to have done this kind of goes against 
what they had been doing, and I think that might be also what is rubbing some players the wrong way. So you see the losers of this scenario being the players. I, I do, because I think it puts them in a tough spot. Think about it. We were just talking about them, the level of like dedication and focus and everything that it takes to get into the Olympics, right? So I'm, I'm on a, if you take a micro scale of that, it's the same thing for the NFL. You have to have dedication. You have to have a certain level of focus. If you have to take your eye off the ball for any reason and begin to worry about what's more important to me, my personal health, my money, my family, da 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 you're really starting to affect not just your headline players, your middle of the road players that are trying to make a roster. They now have How to make a life decision. How many headline players have you seen come out and say that they're against the vaccine though? Cole Beasley, Adam Thielen, Sheldon Richardson. Okay. So I wouldn't say Cole Beasley is necessarily but a headline player. He's, a three, he's, he's the wide receiver three, and they love him up in Buffalo. Adam Thielen is a perfect example here in Minnesota. So is Sheldon Richardson. Those are good players. Pro Bowl Sheldon caliber Richardson, players. Why did Sheldon Richardson miss the season last year? Did he, did he opted out? I believe he opted out because he has an asthma issue. Yeah. So you'd think if he has an asthma issue, he would get the vaccine. But somebody on his team is also probably sitting back telling him, hey, along with your asthma – Getting this vaccine, which we all know has some side effects because you are introducing something into your system, could also have long-term effects on you that they haven't flushed out. And it's not like they're going to Joe Schmo on the street to figure this out. These are medical professionals that they have taking care of these pro athletes. And not bodies. the chiropractors off YouTube. No, I, yeah, exactly. But it's 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 a it's a very touchy subject. And the way that this went public and how it was handled, I think, is what was wrong. And it didn't bode well for the players. I'm not like I said. I am not going to stand here and say, don't get vaccinated. Everybody needs to at some point, but it needs to be a personal decision you can make on your own time. Unless, see, and this is where, where I come we'll in disagree. with my argument, is unless you play in someone else's sandbox. I agree. Like, hey, if you're Adam Thielen and you really don't want the vaccine, that's completely fine. Hang them up until next year. Go do something else. Go be a part of a bigger part of ETS for the year. Yeah. But in order to play in the NFL, here's what you need to do. Yeah, I, like I it's said, the same thing as like if you want to play in the NFL, you can't do cocaine. Like it's the it's or steroids. It's, it's similar though. Like honestly, like here are the re requirements to play in this league week in and week out. If you don't meet these requirements, we'll find someone else. I no, and like I said, there's credence to that. It's just odd to me to sit back and see everybody the league itself go. You can't do this. You can't do this. You can't. 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 You have to do this. To make it work, it's gone. It just goes against the grain for what the NFL has been. But they still have the right for. to do it as a private league. I agree. I agree. So, folks, I think that's going to be the end of that topic for the we day. Agree we tried to disagree to, on that. One. We tried to keep it a little more low key, so maybe we can get Matt to or Matt Mike to come. That is what's going to make him not come back. Not come back week. now, Mike to come back next week. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Thanks to Gabe and Tevin for producing the show as always. Thanks to NBC and MCN Channel. Six, where we are now in almost 2 million households at the top of the dial on Saturdays at 1 p.m. if you missed the Thursday live stream. Uh, if you liked the show, liked our takes, or wanted to tell us just how stupid we are, feel free to get to us on what platforms? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Oh, he's covering the screen. All right. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, did I say TikTok yet? TikTok. Spotify and Patreon, hopefully. Patreon, hopefully. YouTube as well, YouTube. folks, even though we Dang. couldn't get to the live broadcast. Make sure you tune on, tune in on Saturdays as we get ready to uh, just be in your households more than one day a week. Thank you very much, and we will see you next week as me and Mike will obviously be keeping up on sports for you so you don't have to. Um, thank you as always. Have a good rest of your week. Stay safe. Stay cool. I know it's going to be warm. <laughs>